0: Hey, everybody, it's Jeremy with Christmas Tree Farm podcast. Uh, we are the Sissel Christmas Tree Farm located in central Kentucky. Um, this is a podcast for August uh, 2021. It's been, it's been about a month since our last podcast. Uh, a lot of things going on around here, just like everybody else. Uh, there's probably a lot of mowing and ketchup spraying and in certain parts of the country. You're irrigating. Uh, we're not irrigating here. I uh, just haven't had to. It's probably one of the rainiest seasons in, in memory for me. I'm sure there's been rainier seasons, but this one's – there hasn't been very many days where we haven't got some sort of accumulation of uh, or particip- precipitation of some sort. Like if I look at my 10-day 10 10 day forecast right now, six days, uh, it's, you know, 30 to 40% chance of rain. And it's been like that for – Last several weeks, if not pretty much the whole summer, um, which is good for Christmas trees as long as uh, your soil can accommodate that much rain. Uh, it's also good for weeds and grass and all those other things. Uh, well, I, like most of you guys know already from previous podcasts, I just keep notes. I keep a Google Doc going and I try to just take notes on what's happening uh, for me in this month. Or since we last had this podcast, um, and I just go over those things and see where it leaves us. The uh, let's see where I left off, probably near the end of July. Um, let's see, some sometime around the end of July after we got back from the mid-america or I got back from the mid-america Christmas tree association meeting, which was really good, and I, I know I didn't dive deep into my notes there, uh, and I I probably will at some point, but a lot of the stuff that I learned there, I'm gonna use and will probably show up in my notes for every month, uh, because what I I learned, I'm I'm gonna use and I'm gonna talk about uh, over the coming months. Towards the end of July, I tilled in the cover crop uh, that was on field two, A and B, which is the field that we are planting uh, we'll begin planting this fall, and we'll uh, plant again in spring. Uh, that's a little over an acre field. We're gonna, I'll plant about half of it this fall and the other half in spring. Uh, also, I've flagged out some of the trees that died or uh, will, or, or look, they have already completely died or look like they're going to die, and we will spot fill those in like other growers. Uh, We backfill what dies after one year, and then after that, whatever makes it, makes it. So any of the stuff that we put in last fall till now, uh, we'll replace if it died, and then after that, it'll be survival of the fittest. Um, Let's see. First or second of August, I actually tilled it in again. Cover crop was really dense. I don't know if any of you guys have instagram or youtube but we've started putting some stuff on instagram and and youtube and you know we have a, a facebook page i think on most of those you just look for System tree farm and we're the only one for sure um but we had uh, egyptian wheat uh, in there and uh, it was really really uh thick and it we we, uh, we tilled it all down i probably should have uh mowed it all down before i tilled it my tiller is just a country line five foot tiller it's not heavy duty by any means but uh it does it does really good we tilled it all down and then i waited a few days for it to kind of die off good and then i tilled it in again um i think we waited maybe about a week between i think it was like the 25th of july I tilled it in and then i did it again on the first or second on the second or the third I went ahead and sowed our uh, fall cover crop that will stay on two field 2 A and B uh, all of fall now of course I'm going to terminate half of that towards the end of October for uh, what we're going to be planting uh, so probably uh, towards the end part of September I'm gonna glyphosate those rows down but I planted Dutch white clover um, On that field as well as buckwheat on that field now the buckwheat's just for bringing the soil up there Uh, when it gets mowed that'll probably kill the buckwheat it's gonna get mowed a couple times between now and then and that will uh, that'll kill the buckwheat off and if not you know I'm not gonna let it go to seed again and then it'll it'll winter kill Uh, on the B side I added some more Egyptian wheat Uh, again it has till spring of next year so we're gonna try to build that soil as best we can I also added a 150 pound bag of sulfur to that mix. So when we broadcasted that cover crop seed, we actually laid down sulfur with that as well. Um, And I had previously added several hundred pounds of potash. We were low on our soil test as far as uh, potassium. So we laid, I think I laid down uh, five bags on an acre for field two for the for the potash to bring it up also uh, organic matter is just so low in that strip uh, we've got about a 100 by 100 it's a little smaller than that but roughly 100 by 100 square it's inside of this field two that uh was the old old pond next to the house and we've talked about it previously but After we pushed all that out with the dozer, it left back scorched earth, right? It left back just subsoil. We've brought in a lot of topsoil from where we moved the old pond. We dug the new one. We had some topsoil there. We've used most of that already. Uh, I'm actually bringing in about 60 cubic yards of topsoil uh, this week. Uh, It's actually 60 cubic yards of topsoil and 20 cubic yards of compost. Uh, which is going to run me somewhere between 700 and $900 depending on freight uh, or the trip charge uh, that we're going to put down on that. So we're making a little bit of an investment on that acre so that we can get a little bit better um, soil and organic matter in that. So if you've been following along, we've been running cover crops on it and I'm still going to lay down topsoil and compost on it to bring the soil up just so we'll have a, Good soil improve the improve the drainage profile just a little bit because uh, right now I've got some really flat areas in that, that I'm going to have to um, just increase the slope a little bit and I'm going to use some of that topsoil to make a little bit better slope. Um, over that. Uh, as of three or four August, the weeds were out of control. We went on a two and a half week vacation following that mid-american christmas tree association meeting went to the lake and uh, when we came back the fields were just completely overgrown with uh, the weeds were pretty bad but the johnson grass and the crabgrass was just covering all the trees it was really bad Um, so i spent the better part of the last two weeks just walking each row identifying each tree you know smashing the grass around them Uh, and then i use a method it's very labor-intensive, but it does it does seem to do a pretty good job. I go down each row. We've got about 50 of these three- to five-gallon uh, containers from trees we sell. And I'll cover up every tree in each row, and then I just walk down the row with the backpack sprayer, boom, uh, with the flat nozzle. Um, and I'll lay down almost three gallons on two rows. I'd say three-, three to four-gallon backpack I would lay down on two rows. So it laying down a lot of, lot of material. Uh, and it wipes out those rows pretty quick. Uh, within a few days, they're yellow, and within a week, they're pretty much dark brown. So um, full overkill probably, but I'm getting the full effect because um, the goal is to, by fall, by actual fall, we have bare ground there. I can We can spray down our pre-emergent. We need to be able to hit the ground with that, so hopefully get the full effect of that as well. Um, during the same time, I bush hogged fields, uh, three through seven, I uh, got about half of them done. So I think I got fields three, four or five done, uh, at that time. Um, also on four August, we ordered our, um, nursery stock from the people that we get our nursery stock from I ordered, um, about a thousand plants of varying sizes and species. I went over in the past kind of what we what we do what we order you know the the, the species that we like uh, canane fur being the, the the primary one there um and, and we've we've located one provider that is a little bit more expensive but we're gonna we're gonna continue to buy from them and, and see how it goes this next year with, the, with those as well very happy with them um we grow some of our own trees here, um, primarily for uh potted landscape type trees, not a whole lot, just a little bit primarily for us, and then we sell some of them um to people that want them, you know, in the hundred category, right? Like we, we grow a hundred or two hundred of individual, you know, potted trees that we might sell. But um we are in the process of ramping that up a little bit, I'm gonna build, probably build a high tunnel here uh, over one of our three section rows where it would be, it'll be a high tunnel that's probably about 36 by 150. And we're going to up our transplant game a little bit as far as what we're gonna grow in uh, containers for ourselves and for other people and what we're going to grow actually in some in some transplant beds um, as well. Uh, more to follow on that. It's real early in that situation. Um, learning that it's a very expensive uh, learning process, but we're going to try to go down a little bit, a little bit at a time. Get the facility put together. Uh, we've already got several uh, customers probably that would that would buy what we've got. So I don't know that we'll we'll be Looking for customers or anything like that, but it's primarily for us and support to people in our our, our area that are kind of have that need the same plants as us and have the same soil uh, as us. Um, more to follow, uh, but we did secure a couple of good seed sources for growing plugs, so that is uh, that is really good. Um, as far as herbicides, I talked to since the meeting. I realized, obviously, with our weeds getting out of control, that my herbicide knowledge was not what it needed to be. Because I honestly, at that time, thought that a spring application of glyphosate would probably be enough to carry me through fall. That's false knowledge. Uh, That was not true. I had all my rows pretty much scorched earth um, early spring all the way through mid spring. But by the middle of August, they were overgrown. So one application of glyphosate, uh, obviously not enough. So um, from that meeting, I learned a lot of new buzzwords, about, mainly about pre-emergence and how they can be used and what pre-emergence can be used over the top of trees. And that, that's a, There's a lot about that. And what I found is nobody will come out and say, use this over the top of your trees because nobody wants to be liable. But what I have going on right now I have, I actually planted six, five rows of Black Hill spruce. Uh, and I planted these Black Hill spruce primarily uh, for landscape purposes, but they could also be used as uh, u cut Christmas trees uh, before I knew how, how bad the needle retention was on the Black Hill spruce. Now they are, they are a little bit better than the Norway spruce, but they're still, I would consider terrible for u cut. Uh, because if, if they can't hold their needles at least, you know, three weeks, then that's pretty much terrible because everybody wants a tree that, the weekend of Thanksgiving. So, uh, what black hill spruce we have, we're going to ball and burlap or I might dig them and put them in pots. Um, cause they have a really good landscape value for people that want them. They're pretty in their yards and stuff, but as a U cut, not so much. Um, so I've changed my thought on that. As I've said in previous, you know, we're going to move to the Meyer spruce, which gl- which grows slower. Um, but it holds needles just as good as a Frazier, um, if not better, I'm told. Um, I've got three rows on the end of my Black Hill spruce field that I'm doing some trials with uh, pre- and post-emergence herbicide formulations. Um, what I just laid down today is um, I laid down clethodim on one row, which, of course, that should be safe over the top. It is just... It is just them. It is uh, with, uh, I use Dawn Dish Liquid. Uh, Somebody out there is probably going to scream at me. I use Dawn Dish Liquid as my surfactant. Uh, It's free. I guess not free because I buy it, but uh, it's easy and cheap. It works. You can use crop oil and stuff. But I use Dawn Dish Liquid at the rate of two squirts out of the bottle per my backpack sprayer. And I used a half a percent. Glyphosate with no surfactant in it, so I didn't double down on my surfactant. So I'm using glyphosate at a half a percent of its normal usage with clathidium at its normal at its normal dosage in a backpack sprayer, um, and I put that on row one, and we're going to see what that does. What I'm hoping it happens, at least, if this is what should happen, is all the all the crabgrass. And all of the Johnson grass should get smoked. And it should stunt some of the weeds. Should should at least stunt them to the point where it'll slow them down, and hopefully that'll that'll be enough to get me through till fall fall. And then I can hit them with the real dose of glyphosate once those trees get hardened off. Uh, and, then in this, and then in the second row, now here we are, it is the Second week in August, I am using SureGuard on the second row. So on the second row, I've got a 51% flumioxin, a generic uh, known as SureGuard. The, the main version is called SureGuard WDG Water Dispersible Granular, which is a powder where you mix up like a teaspoon in your uh, three-gallon tank. Um, so that, that's what I did. I went with one teaspoon on a three-gallon. Backpack sprayer, the three and a half gallon backpack sprayer, and uh, blasted row two with that over the top. So we we will see how that goes down. Uh, and then the third row, I didn't do anything, right? So really, the third through the sixth row of those blackgel spruce is what it is. I'm looking for something else. I might try on the third row. Someone else told me gold 2XL, so I may give I may give gold 2XL a try on that third row just to see what the results are. Uh, I'm primarily doing this because I want to see if I spray over the top of my trees, um, what the damage is going to be. So I may actually on my third row, I may just go down to that 1% glyphosate solution over the top of the trees and just see how that affects everything right now in the second week of August. So stay tuned on that. Um, Let's see. Our primary weeds here, I mean, we got everything, of course, but primarily what we have is crabgrass, Johnson grass, and ragweed. I would say ragweed out the yin yang, and then uh, follow it up with some mares' tail and some, you know, creeping ivy and some, some other stuff. But if we can knock down the crabgrass, the Johnson grass, and the ragweed, we will probably be 70% in the clear. Everything else, and that's that's what I'm concentrating efforts on right now. Um, So anybody's got any other ideas, let me know. Saying all that to say, uh, I talked to several other people, and here is what other people are also using. Uh, Timing-wise, split application seems to be the way to go. Uh, We we talked to the guy at Mid American Christmas Tree, Kyle from the Purdue University. So no matter what you choose to use it makes sense that whatever the full dose is split half of it up. So for spring you would go, you know, three weeks before you were planning the spray, go out there and spray 50% of what you were going to spray, you know, and then come back two and a half to three weeks later and do it again. And then do the same thing in late fall. So you do four applications of pre post instead of just two to increase your effectiveness. So it's, it's, Uh, way better as far as timing. You're not having to hit it just perfect because you're getting 50% two times. We will definitely do that. Uh, What are other people using? Down the road from me, Christmas Tree Farmer is using, from what I found, the most expensive uh, uh, Moringo by Bayer. He uses it late fall as possible, as in last week in October, first week in November sometimes. And he gets a full six months of coverage out of it um and he'll use uh also valor sure guard whichever one they have which is like what i got the flumox and 51 they'll use that with glyphosate fall and spring spring three weeks before bud break so you've got to know your species they're not all the same uh, if you're like us and you're mixed in there with your fields you got to Pretty much going to have to spray them all really early if you're doing spring before bud break. Uh, Clathedim kills grass only. Uh, you, they're using that as a backup plan. Basically, if they miss their opportunity to get their, um, if the spring stuff was too early and they miss a lot of the grass, they'll come back later and disuse use uh over the top anytime. Uh, using Gold XL as well. They rotate Gold XL. Goal 2XL, one year as they're pre-emergent and then the next year they'll use SureGuard and then they'll just keep rotating it so that they don't build up any resistance. Uh, Another feller from, uh, I think, Illinois, he uses oust, envoy, stinger immediately after planting. So uh, in the fall, he'll smoke it all with glyphosate and SureGuard, but then right after he plants, Uh, He'll actually, right after he plants them, over the top, he sprays Oust, Envoy, Stinger together um, and has good results. I don't know. I'm not saying that's the way to go, but that is what one person is doing. Uh, Someone else is also using, they're using SureGuard and Pendulum, which is a surf lamb, is the active ingredient in that. Uh, And they said they may actually, they actually might mix about a 1% or less, a half to 1%. Solution of glyphosate as well in that. Um, let's see, he says mare's tail, ragweed, thistle, uh, all that can be taken. You can use Stinger. Um, apply early to mid-June, and the guy said is don't use it on anything unless it's a it's been in the ground and it's been in your ground for over a year, and it's at least a three-year-old seedling transplant. So, so if you bought it as a two-one. And you, and then you can spray it next year, okay? If you put in a 3o, um, or a 2o, some sort of sealing that wasn't a transplant, then you wouldn't end up spraying it for a couple years with this stuff uh, without getting any damage. Uh, what else do I got going on? I talked about the topsoil investment. I talked about the the compost investment. Um, I just purchased. You know, this is just stuff that I'm pretty much buying on a a bi-monthly basis I don't know if that's right every other month uh, i just purchased uh, 10 more bags of the martin 90 90 sulfur i just picked up uh five more bags of myriad of potash 50 pound bags and i also picked up some triple ten, some triple 19. that will get uh put down when we till in Field 2, once we, we terminate this cover crop again, we go to tilling up again. I'm going to lay down the rest of the sulfur that this field should need. Uh, the pH initially was 7.2. I got it to 6.8 with uh, the first dose of sulfur. It's now had its second dose. I don't know what the pH on that is, uh, but now it's getting the third dose. So I, the amount of sulfur that it needs, I split it into three three parts. Um, two parts applied pre pre um, a year prior, and then one part that's, play, that's tilled in right before the season that we planted. And that's what's getting ready to get put down on it uh, now. Once once we till it all in this fall and get those rows ready, it'll get tilled in with the sulfur, and it'll get tilled in with the potash, and it'll actually get tilled in with some triple 10 or triple 19, whatever I got left. And that'll be that. Uh, that field also, obviously, getting tilled in with new topsoil and compost. Doing a trial on some of my potted uh, Turkish fir that we're growing, that we're gonna plant, you know, for our own farm. Um, doing a trial here on which fertilizers are the best in our pot. In the pot that we use, it's nothing more than a, it's about a, a 0.6 gallon square container. And I'm using, one. one thing I'm using is the miracle grow shaken feed which is for uh flowering trees and conifers nothing special to it i don't think it says feeds for three months and then the other one the more expensive one that i'm trying out is that os osmote outdoor indoor uh tree formulation basically it's more expensive it's got some more stuff in it. it says feeds for six months uh I've heard really good things about it. It does have some sulfur products in it, Um, so probably will be a little bit better in my potting soil, brings the pH down. I just want to see if there's any noticeable difference after a year. If there's no noticeable difference, then I'm just gonna continue to buy the cheap stuff. So we will see on that. Uh, Again, it's Jeremy with this uh, Christmas tree farm here in Central Kentucky. Um, If you've got YouTube, check us out. We've published a couple videos. Warning, disclaimer, I'm definitely not a professional video person, so most of my videos are not going to be me talking to the camera. They're going to be clips of what we're actually doing here. If you've got suggestions or anything like that, please send me an email, sisletreefarm at gmail.com, or just hit us on the YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Thank you, guys.